0: Welcome to everyday news with the blantons that's dr latasha and mark blanton on this show you'll learn through education awareness and promotion exactly how you view the world and your place in it now here are the hosts of the program dr latasha and mark blanton
1: good morning to those of you in the united states and a happy afternoon to those of us here in south africa Welcome, you are listening to Everyday News with the Blantons. I am your host, Latasha Blanton. And again, Mark has decided to skip out again. I think that he has found more things to do here in South Africa since we've been here. So I will say I'm not jealous, but... I have my fun as well. This weekend, we actually had the opportunity to spend some time on Saturday with some friends that are actually from the United States who also just recently moved here. And we got to show them around a little bit, which was fun. And then on yesterday, we spent some time with the uh, some of our local friends at the Mobining precinct. You are more than welcome to check out our YouTube channel, therealsouthafrica.com, to see exactly what we're doing. Uh, please remember to connect with us on social media by liking and following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and on our website, therealsouthafrica.com. You can also send an email to info at Today we are going to talk about something that's basically really nerdy. It's something that I've been interested in for a while. Um, don't really know a whole lot about it, but did some reading and some research and some questions basically began to pop up in my, in my mind as far as like, what does that mean for the humans on this planet? We're going to discuss the topic of epigenetics and are we carrying our ancestors' burdens? So I'm no expert. I have no expert to interview. I'm just interested in how this affects us as humans. And I'm also interested in what makes me who I am. And that requires an understanding of the past. Now, epigenetics is not a new term, but it has been used to describe the trials that children of Holocaust and Vietnam War veterans experience. We'll start by defining epigenetics. And I hope that you'll take a look at some of your own behaviors and try to shape the generations to come, or at least have an understanding of your own genetic makeup. So simply, what is epigenetics? The scientific definition is the study of heritable phenotype changes that do not involve alteration in the DNA sequence, but is, in fact, in the expression of that DNA. Let's dumb that down. It literally means above or on top of genetics. It refers to the external modifications to DNA that turns genes on or off. It doesn't necessarily change the DNA, but instead affects how the cells read the genes or how it's expressed. More scientific terms, what is a gene? It's a segment of that DNA that provides the instruction, tells them what to do. Now, why is that important as far as epigenetics is concerned? Because on top of, or beside or above genes, the modifications alter gene expression and explain how environmental exposures produce transformational changes. Let me say that again. Modifications that alter a gene's expression and explain how environmental exposures produce transformational changes. So as I'm reading, I ask myself the question, why does that even matter? Because When these changes occur during critical development, it serves to recalibrate biological systems to influence their response to a subsequent traumatic exposure. Then you say, what the hell are you talking about? Like, why does that even matter? Because the research or what scientists are saying is that kids are actually inheriting their parents' trauma. And then you're like, okay, well, how are you inheriting trauma? Or well, what is trauma? Trauma is simply defined as an event that induces intense fear, helplessness, or horror. It doesn't even make any sense how a kid can inherit their parents' trauma. It didn't happen to them directly. They weren't there. They have no real life experiences that parallel their parents' trauma. Yet, the studies are showing that children of traumatized of the traumatized, including Holocaust and Vietnam victims, quote unquote, carried their parents suffering under their skin. There's several articles out there that I was reading recently. And the part that really stuck with me is that the children were describing things that they had never been through as. Pain, and they were basically saying that they felt like they had symptoms or things that had laid very deep inside a box, but they weren't really sure what it was. And it's simply because they don't know what's wrong, no different than any child. I mean, they don't know what they don't know. And then others have quoted saying that they knew they carried slippery combustible things. And this is a quote, more secret than sex, more dangerous than any other shadow or, or ghost. And those are powerful words when you talk about passing trauma down to your children. So you continue to move forward and you say, okay, so what what does that even mean? What, what do you do with what you know now? Well, you add more big words to it because that's what people do. Then you look at transgenerational transmission, which basically means it's not just the one generation, but it starts to filter through more than one. And that's basically when an older person, doesn't matter who, grandparent, parent, great grandparent, unconsciously externalizes his traumatized self into a developing child's personality, so the child basically becomes a reservoir for all this unwanted, troublesome parts of the older generations. And what they did when they did the study was they noticed that they just it happened to survivors of Holocaust and survivors of the Vietnam um, era. And they named the syndrome child of survivor syndrome. So what they also found was that these children may be born less able to metabolize stress. They're more susceptible to PTSD, which we'll get into in just a moment. Their vulnerability is actually expressed in their molecules, their neurons, their cells and their genes. Basically, everything that makes up a human body is vulnerable to these kids of survivors. And that's actually really, really sad when you think about it, because you say, how are you born this way? It simply means that if the mom is exposed to any trauma and it's passed down, say from the grandparent, then it gets implanted on the child. The mother carries the child. And then you wonder, how does it get passed from the father? Well, it gets passed from the father in sperm. There have been studies that have shown that Children that are part of um, moms that have PTSD are three times as likely to get the same diagnosis. That's that's rough. Three times as likely just because your mom had it or her mom had it. Now here you are susceptible, not knowing why you have PTSD. You may not have even been exposed to that trauma yet. Here you are suffering with it now the children that have dads with ptsd also suffered but they were more susceptible to things such as depression anxiety and engaged in more substance abuse so then that makes you wonder when people say things like oh alcoholism is inherited okay well that may be true but then you have to wonder what gene is being expressed improperly for it to cause you to turn to alcoholism as a result. Because if the gene is not supposed to be expressed that way, then maybe you wouldn't drink. But you don't know that. You just take on the fact that, oh, my dad was an alcoholic, so that means I'm susceptible to it. Yes and no. Yes and no. Something along that line caused the gene to express itself in a way that made you more susceptible to abusing alcohol or drugs or whatever the case may be. So they continued to do the studies on the children with survivors and also noted that they had decreased cortisol levels. Now we know what cortisol does, and they even did the study that showed that women that were pregnant during 911. Basically, those children were born with decreased cortisol levels. That's already letting you know they're going to be susceptible to poor things because you need cortisol to regulate your nervous and immune systems. I mean, if they are exposed to any types of stress, but they have decreased cortisol levels, then that means they're not going to respond properly. And that's already bad when you're coming out of the gate and you're already basically behind it behind a curveball you can't even get it together and you don't even know why so as I was thinking about what that actually meant for for people throughout the world I'm like they're so quick to give you labels you know not just PTSD or anxiety and depression and they tell you that it's inherited you almost have to take a step back and say but where did it really come from Did it come from traumas of the past that I wasn't even a part of that are being expressed through me as generations that that have moved forward and, and gone past all those? That's the hard part, you know? And when you think about the levels of anxiety in the world right now, you think about the levels of depression in the world, you have to really start to think about that. Like, where does it really come from? And the, the simple fact that anxiety and depression right now are two of the biggest things for young children, you have to ask yourself some hard questions. Am I passing this to my child? Did I get it? From my mother? Did my mother get it from her mother? Did I get it from my father? Those are questions you have to ask yourself. And they're not nice questions. But if you sit down and get the answers to those things, you might be able to change the generations that move forward, which is what, you know, I wanted to kind of explore for myself and and just kind of give you some things to think about. So we're going to dig a little bit Deeper and I hope I'm not talking fast and I hope I'm not over anybody's head. This is all basically nerd stuff to me just because I love how the body and the brain works and how until you actually meet your maker, um, you can ask him why he made the brain so wonderful. But nevertheless, that's kind of where we're going to go as we progress forward into epigenetics and what that actually means for the generations that um, experienced trauma before us and the people that are the um, victims of it now. We're getting ready to go into our first break. If you have any questions, you can give us a call at um, 1-866-572-8757, 5787. I always get the numbers mixed up. Might have dyslexia as well. But we'll be back in just a moment.
2: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica dot com.
0: Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Are listening to Everyday News with the Blantons. Want to find out more about the program? Send an email to info at Now, back to Everyday News with the Blantons.
1: Alright guys, we are back. That was a pretty quick break, or at least it felt like it. I am sitting in South Africa right now, and um, I have to tell you, it is hot as Shit here. Okay, and the simple fact. There's no humidity is Probably a good thing, but it's still hot. So I'm a little uh, Frustrated number one because it's hot and number two um, Just trying to get my thoughts together because I don't know about y'all, but I can't think when I'm hot And (laughs) and Right now I am burning up in here. So um, we'll just continue on our topic with uh, epigenetics and we'll move right along. So um, just wanted to recap really quick what epigenetics is. Just basically the external modifications to DNA that turns genes on and off. So basically whatever trauma a person was exposed to changes how a gene expresses themselves and can be passed down through generations. And that's what the transgenerational transmission was about when I talked about, you know, older people passing their external trauma to developing children. Um, There was also a look at what stress does to our body. So stress and trauma kind of go together. When you think about the caps of the DNA, um, it basically shortens the telomeres, and those are the the caps of them. And you need those because they basically govern the pace of, of how you age. So let's just back up a little bit. Let's say um, you've got someone that, I don't know, looks like they're 60, but they're really 35. Changes are they've been through some stress and some trauma in their life that caused the dna caps to shorten up for them to age faster now that does not mean that the lack of that means that you get to age slower i'm just saying that when you look at someone who ages a whole lot faster than they should due to stress that's usually what it comes from so another one of the Um, studies that I read talked about um, a place in um, Lowell Massachusetts and I don't know very much about the Pol Pot period that happened in Cambodia but I will tell you that what I found fascinating was that 95% of the Cambodians that came to Lowell Massachusetts after the um, Pol Pot period basically had PTSD the amazing part of that was that 14.2 percent of those people who were at least three years old three so that's how that's how that's how effective and defective i should say um trauma is a three-year-old can actually end up having ptsd as well and we don't think of Children that way, but they are still susceptible to it as well. They don't know that they have it until they get older. I mean, we start saying, "Oh, they have separation anxiety," but I mean, really, like, is it separation anxiety? Are they expressing something the best way that they know how, just based on what we gave to them? I mean, that's that's real. That's real. A, a real a real question to ask. So we move on, and then. You know, a lot of the other studies that I also looked at, too, basically said something along the lines of when you look at the African-American population and the Native American populations who have been subject to centuries-long violence, and this is where it got kind of interesting for me because... This is when you have to look at entire populations, communities of people. It says that they may now have disadvantage baked into their molecules. <sighs> Mind blown at this point. I mean, that's a hard pill to swallow. Because now, as an African American or a Native American or a Cambodian, you have to ask yourself how can I undo this damage? You have to ask yourself that question, especially when they're telling you that you have disadvantage baked into your molecules based on the improper genes being expressed because of trauma that happened to people that you may not have ever even known. It's just been passed down into your actual makeup. That's, that's powerful that's powerful what was funny was that there was one sociologist um he basically termed the effect uh the matthew effect and for those of you that read the bible he quoted matthew 25 and 29 and it basically says for unto everyone that hath shall be given but from him that hath not shall be taken and you're like what So then, of course, Billie Holiday makes life easier for us, and she puts it in layman's terms, and she says, them that's got shall have, and them that's not shall lose. And that's deep when you think about the world we live in today. How races and communities of people are still suffering. They're actually still suffering for things that they weren't even directly a part of. And then that gets into what I mentioned earlier, which was PTSD, which most people will say is post-traumatic stress syndrome, In the black community, you'll have some people call it post-traumatic slave disorder, but nevertheless, it's defined as the dysregulation induced by trauma becoming the body's default state. Now, there's a little part in your brain called the amygdala. I know I've used a lot of crazy words today, but that's just the science major in me. Um, And the amygdala basically, what it does is it's the part of the brain that's responsible for emotions that are associated with memories. So when you smell something and you go, oh, that reminds me of my grandmother. That's a good memory. You want your amygdala to do that or you smell something really really nasty and that reminds you of something bad that happened. So when you think about that part of the brain and PTSD the amygdala goes into Overdrive and it basically detects threats. It releases emotions associated with those memories and most of the time Any memory can be negative or positive but with PTSD it's usually a negative memory so knowing that it takes something that really shouldn't be scary and then making it scary is where you have to start saying what's real what's not real you know is it a real threat now I've only met a few people that actually have suffered from PTSD and I will tell you that they think the shit is real and I shouldn't say they think the shit is real because that's kind of like downplaying the fact that they actually do feel like they're you know being attacked but it's basically a, it's fear it's, it's, it's a fear condition and if you think about PTSD and fear condition itself then that means you have to address the question of how neutral triggers, things that really shouldn't be uh, noxious or painful, become associated with fear responses. So a lot of the um, guys that come back you know, can hear a sound or a click and they go crazy and that's their response and that happens to be where they stay most of the time and that's the part where you have to look at what's happening to your body when you stay at that heightened level of stress or fear. When that happens, your hormones, your neurotransmitters, they don't flow right. It, it literally leaves your immune system underregulated, and then that leads to chronic inflammation over time leading to things like arthritis heart disease diabetes okay so now we're going to back all of that up you've got someone that's been exposed to a trauma prolonged centuries of trauma african americans native americans now we're going to pause for a moment because i'm going to come back to the heart disease the arthritis and the diabetes but we're going to talk about very briefly and this is something that i'm know I just read it it was interesting to me you can look it up on your own but it talks about the Lakota Indians and it basically talks about how they were not permitted to do any type of religious ceremonies because they and by they I mean um, the white people that were out there thought that they were civilizing the savages so they took that ritual of ghost dancing, which is basically where they want to unite the living and the dead, they saw that as hostile. And what they did was they end up killing sitting bull. They made a mass grave. Um, and this happened at Wounded Knee. And then, of course, they ended up protesting Wounded Knee in 1973. But the survivors of that couldn't mourn the dead. So if you think about What was previously put into your DNA make your DNA makeup or your gene pool and you're allowed to express yourself You know cry Do a religious dance whatever you're used to doing but then they tell you that you can't do it because it's now against the law to do that How how do you express yourself you end up suppressing things and if you look at the that area right now those people are still impoverished, they're still suffering, and because they were not able to and I use a word quote when I say express themselves, they were put in a position where they had to learn how to not respond a certain way and that trauma of not being able to express themselves properly caused a transformational change in their genes and they pass that down to their kids. A lot of their kids are not graduating, not graduating high school. They're not able to read. There's lots of um, teen anxiety, lots of teen depression. All of those things simply because the generations before them all the way back in like 1890. I mean, and they're still suffering to this day, which is not very different than the ancestors of people that were slaves. They're still suffering today. And that's, and that's a huge problem. So we'll continue to kind of dig down into what is happening and why those things are being passed down through generations not really on purpose they don't really know that they're passing that down but that's essentially what you end up doing you're giving your kids the disadvantage that they won't be able to handle certain situations and trauma like they normally would because they've been asked to suppress their expressions for generations and then you just pass that to them and then they don't know how to handle stuff and then what do you do you do drugs you get locked up make a lot of bad decisions simply because of something that was passed down to you that you're completely unaware of now we're getting ready to head into uh, another break i do want to remind everyone that um, we have tons of videos on youtube tons of videos on facebook for you guys to follow us and see how we're living out here in south africa we do absolutely love it um, at some point i will learn to speak the language and um, my first one i'm going to learn is zulu um, i think the other one's a little bit harder but that's the plan so as we get ready to move into our next break i ask you guys to just take a look at our website take a look at our instagram page twitter and facebook or you can always send us an email at info at the South we'll be right back in just a moment thanks so much for listening
2: on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: you are listening to everyday news with the blantons want to find out more about the program send an email to info at now back to everyday news with the blantons
1: all right, we're still having fun. I'm still hot. That's not gonna change because it's like 90 degrees here in South Africa at the very moment. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to um, move right along with uh, what we were talking about. So I know I had went off on a tangent. We were talking about what happens as far as like um trauma leading to things like arthritis heart disease and diabetes and the black community suffers from those more than any other so then i had to ask myself this question could this be a result of intergenerational transmission is it a result of gene expression failure what's worse is what i found out is that parents transmission of those things can drive a person to put themselves in situations that are more likely to cause them to be hurt at this point i'm like are you serious are we exposing ourselves to situations that cause us more pain unconsciously simply because of epigenetics simply because that the dumbing down of our genes over generations caused them to Not express themselves properly that's crazy because how are you supposed to know that how are you supposed to know that you are putting yourselves in harm's way based on some shit that some people went through that you don't know like that's the part that's still blowing my mind so then I look at heritable traits now heritable traits that's the thing that we're kind of overlooking so then you gotta say okay if I'm doing all this stuff if I'm susceptible to PTSD if I've got anxiety if I've got depression how am I going to change it how do you how do you change it because these traits that are passed down generationally, they drive people to have not just risks of heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, depression. Now you're looking at things like ADD. Then you can't articulate your memories. Then you have low executive functioning and low self-esteem. That in and of itself is super, super crazy because now you're taking an entire generations before you that have gone through trauma and now I'm saying because they went through some stuff before me now I've got ADHD or ADD I've got low self-esteem I'm not smart I got diabetes heart disease and arthritis I would just say you put all those things together you're probably just a black person but that'd be fucked up to say but that's just what I would say now With all that being said, since I am in South Africa, in the last part of the show, we're actually going to speak to a South African, um, and I would like to call my friend now, not just because she sold me my house here, but because she's actually a really cool person. So we're going to skip a little bit forward. Then do a quick plug about South Africa, since I am here, and I'm going to ask her her thoughts on the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Now, that basically goes into the thought that um, right after apartheid. Now, we all know that apartheid was from 1948 to 1994, and it was the institutional racial segregation. It severely disadvantaged the majority of the population population anybody that was non-white basically so the majority of the people who were obviously non-white were disadvantaged now what they did was they started having formal hearings in 1996 and what that actually did was they had like a court basically and they assembled um the people at the end of apartheid so anybody that felt like they were a victim violence could be heard and the perpetrators of that violence also had the opportunity to give their testimony and the funniest part about that is that they could actually actually request amnesty from prosecution so here's what I liken it to it's like yeah I know I fucked you up but I don't want to get in trouble for it and that's pretty much the issue with anybody that's had trauma dealt to them over centuries of time or periods of time that caused the generations behind them to suffer so the truth and reconciliation commission basically indicated that though it imparted greater knowledge during the trials and and then court of the history among south africans it had little impact on their well-being So then you got to say, okay, if we talked about it and everyone got to express themselves, why is everybody not okay? Well, it's simply because you can have truth commissions, but the one thing that no one ever wants to talk about is reparations. And reparations are necessary justice to restore any moral balance to the world. They don't suffice to heal the damage just to talk about them. So... Here in South Africa, 20 plus years away from apartheid, the victims are still alive. Yet the born freeze is what I call them, what they call them here, that I've spoken to here say that even though they have good relationships with the white people they went to school with, they still have this underlying anxiety. Even though nothing's actually happened to them, it's just simply because of what was passed down to them from the generations before that's rough especially when they don't really know they know what happened you know they do but they're trying to move forward and as i stated it's hard to move forward when they don't really know what moving forward looks like and how to undo that and those things are planted from the gene expression that we were talking about from generations before so then i have to say i'm an american i grew up in small town you know you've heard my story before but then you got to talk about well, what about slavery like what about the implications of that generational or transgenerational transmission what about that how does that affect those that were affected by those generations down the line because i knew my great grandmother i didn't know anything beyond that didn't really talk to her about her mother or her grandmother or her great grandmother. Chances are she may knew you know, may have known very little. My grandfather just died in January. He would have been eighty one. He wasn't a man of many words, but I tell you what, when he had something to say, he usually did it with a belt. <laughs> But then again, the things that he did say, whether he was giving you a whooping or not, definitely still stuck with, um, you know, who we are as um, children of, of his uh, his legacy. So, so as I say, you know, the lasting of slavery for as long as it did, you cannot tell me that... In spite of the civil rights movement that we're not still carrying those burdens of those people from before You can't tell me that we're not still Suffering from that trauma in the way that our genes are expressed all the things that we're susceptible to all the anxieties that we have to go through every day We're passing that to our children and they're becoming less tolerant. They can't handle stress most little black boys in America right now that are going to school are being labeled quickly cuz they can't handle stress they get labeled ADHD quickly a lot of the girls in their 20s that are going to college have anxiety and depression and I can't say that it's not because we didn't give it to them I can't say that it's because their parents might have it and it's undiagnosed or that their parents had it and it's not diagnosed you don't know where it comes from but if you're pa- but if you have an understanding of the trauma that the people before you went through and your responses to those traumas even now, you might figure out a way to undo things like arthritis, heart disease, diabetes. Now we know that a lot of those things are still related to diet, exercise, but keep in mind that earlier I talked about cortisol levels and those things are affected by stress. Most of the time, people with brown skin Are extremely stressed (laughs) they make poor choices when they're stressed so how are you supposed to fix all that how are you supposed to stop passing that trauma along to your children when you're still exposed to it every single day that's the part that that you know I have to ask myself I don't have any children of my own and a lot of the reasons why I didn't have any was simply because I didn't want to pass anything on to them and this is well before i even knew what epigenetics was i didn't have any traumas growing up as a child but i can say for sure that even though it didn't happen to me directly i remember the stories from my parents from my grandparents and from my great-grandparents and if they externalized that subconsciously then i took that on and i run the risk if i ever decide to have kids which i won't i don't think this body holds babies very well that i would pass that to them and then how am i supposed to undo that how do you undo that trauma that you weren't even really a part of so that's what epitonex is about so we will dig a little bit deeper into the um, south african truth and reconciliation commission simply because They are, like I said, 20 years post-apartheid, but I can't say for sure, from my perspective, because I'm not South African, if things are actually better here among the people that call themselves, you know, I guess black or the colored or white. Um, They have a lot of terms here that we haven't used in America for a very long time, so I'm still getting used to to try to even... um, to say them it's, it's colors probably one of the funniest ones to me because that absolutely makes no sense I will have to see if I can get someone to explain that to us, Um, but nevertheless, so we're getting ready to go into another break, Um, and I hope that you guys are not as confused as I think you are, but you probably are confused, but just look it up, just look up epigenetics, ask yourself some of the hard questions as to what it is you're doing that you could be passing on to your children subconsciously, because that's essentially what it comes down to, so um we're gonna take a break in just a minute um as always website instagram facebook twitter um the real south africa 18 is the instagram handle Um, if you want to message me personally mine is dr Blanton too i usually post pictures of food because that's my entire life um i don't think i live to eat i think i Actually, I think I live to eat, not eat to live. So, um, nevertheless, we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in just a moment.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
3: Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
0: access all the time you are listening to everyday news with the blantons want to find out more about the program send an email to info at now back to everyday news with the blantons
1: We're back. I'm still hot. I'm going to keep complaining that I'm hot. Not just because it's hot, but because it's hot. And that's just what I do. (laughs) Um, I have with me Leanne Pillay. Hello. Leanne is South African. She was nice enough to sell us our house. She is super energetic. And I just thought it would be cool to pull her in here last minute. Just to kind of get her take on... um, you know how things are post-apartheid post, post apartheid. she doesn't really remember that much because you're young aren't you?
5: yeah 36
1: uh, yeah she's a baby
5: <laughs> if you are looking at 20 years then yeah around
1: 16 yeah so, so politically inclined at that point no not really not really not, not at all so do you remember anything you know before versus now
5: look for me the main thing was before um while apartheid was still happening we were I know from history that we. I'm I'm Indian, so you know from Indian descent and stuff. So with the schools, we are put into very like areas that were only for Indians and things like that. So we grew up in an Indian dominant area, Uh, but that we couldn't see. But that was the system, though. Yes, that was the system. That was the system. Okay. So you put the Indians in one side, the Blacks, what we call African American, Blacks in one side, or whatever, and then the whites, obviously, have the superior side, the nicer side. The beaches and everything like that. So, um, yeah, so then our schooling system was just where we had Indians and only Indians. So the only thing, the major change that I noticed was uh, as soon as apartheid ended, that we had an influx of non-Indians
1: that came to our school. Mean, Non-Indians meaning um, blacks? blacks. Oh, yes, Just from about, the surrounding areas. What about um, any, any whites come to the school? Or no, not at all. It was just the blacks so how was that how was that putting people together
5: because for us okay in their mind it was so in our area that we stayed in our neighboring areas Mm -hmm. were black so it was very further away much further away that the the white schools were. oh okay so that was so that's right so but still it felt like an improvement because we always looked at the middle Mm -hmm. in the middle of everything so as much as we we had apartheid and they were like, I mean, my. I can remember a photo of my sister where there was a bench at the back and it said, whites only. No way. Yeah, and, you know, so... Is your sister yeah. older? Yes, yes, five years old. Okay, okay. So, you know, but she was little and mm-hmm. these photos were taken. So, so for them, I think for the, the Blacks, they felt like it was an upgrade coming to our schools. I got you, I got you. <laughs> because they weren't really so moving into the private schools or whatever, what we call the Model C at that time, I think. Oh. I don't know why they called in that so so that was our change uh which we embraced which was good i we made good friends because we were young and pliable and yeah. we didn't yeah. so that was awesome so that's
1: good so, um, you can, so just based on that alone just based on what we're talking about so now you're in a position where even though you grew up where it was um like indian like basically indian dominant and it was in the system was for you guys to be separated now you have children of your own and they don't go to a school that's not at all now we're completely mixed and and when you say mixed you mean everyone's there everyone's there so they have works, a completely works. different experience than they, you did yes now do you talk to them about your experiences do they know like, very vaguely because
5: they deal with it slightly in history okay um we my my kids I think up till maybe about two years ago, they didn't know color. They, that's how I grew them up. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there was an instance, I don't know if I have time, we went to the swimming pool and um, there was a new teacher that started teaching my daughter. And it so happened that it was a white teacher, and then it turned, and then it was a black teacher. Mm -hmm. And then we asked, and as we're driving out, so how was your teacher? Um, You know, and she's like, the black teacher. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like my, my husband and I were completely we were like you can see the blood drain from ourselves. Because and then we looked at it and we we're like, Kaylee, why are you saying the black tea? She says no, she's wearing a black
1: costume. Oh, at this point you're like, Whew, yeah. you thought, okay, So she's young. She's young. She, she's just, young, okay. she doesn't
5: like that's the pink boy and the red boy, boy and they would like whatever you were wearing. So, so only recently when kids grow up I think they get they lose their innocence mm-hmm. a bit and then it's the other people that speak differently and teach differently same with uh, your traditions and stuff when you mix you don't get the same views you don't get the same culture and stuff so then your kids come and give you a thing like i don't allow sleepovers whereas her best friend might right. she can't understand you know, it's like that. So then, so as they grow up, they learn color.
1: They do, and it's from their parents. And it's so that's the environment. Yes. So then, when we talk about it's so it's it's not just a matter of what's implanted on the genetic makeup. If, if we look at you know what I said earlier in the in the um, broadcast, I was saying that the environment plays a role too, and it's not just a matter of you know what's happening to them it's what is being taught to them in addition to what's around them so if you have a kid wearing a black shirt but they're not taught color they're not looking to describe a person by their color they're usually taught to describe a person by their color they just are and the thing is even when you try not to teach them that you have to almost prepare them for the world because that's exactly what's what's going to happen um so that's I just wanted to get your opinion because at this point you know you've got girls that are pretty well-rounded yeah they've got friends that all all spectrums Poor, yeah. um, extra rich. You know, I <laughs> um, want the extra rich friends. To you, bring me a Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah. So,
5: you know, and then I, and you, you constantly try to teach them what's the polite way to speak. Don't speak down to people. You know, when, even when it comes to elders, because they somehow have no line sometimes. on um, <laughs> kids. Yeah, but like, you know, we would get a look and you knew what that look meant. Absolutely. I gave the look once to my child in the shop and she blurted out, Why are you looking at me like are that you with scary? those eyes? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes growing up, I think, uh, and growing, raising two kids, you want them to somehow go back in time to learn how we learned, but right. at the same time, mm-hmm. give them the freedom to speak, but they just need to know when it's okay to give out your opinion, and if you think you're right because you learned two plus two is four, but Grandpa is saying it's three. You just sometimes got to let it be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's something about that whole thing. And you're right. I mean, I think that raising kids all over the world is probably one of the hardest things on the planet because a lot of things have changed when it comes to raising children. I mean, you just... they I think they're just different now. And I think that they're different simply because of some of the things that I talked about earlier. We've implanted things on their genes that cause them to be outspoken now. You know, because maybe we had to do some other things in our genetic makeup when we were carrying them and now they are looking they're doing things that you're like i would never think of doing that but that's that's what kids do so being here in south africa for me um you know i see more people getting along here than i ever have on in stateside Say completely wow. so you know i just mentioned earlier we went to Mobaning mm-hmm. yesterday and just to see all of the people like literally like getting along hey do you mind if i just politeness yes. Dancing. i'm not saying that it's not possible in the united states i'm just saying that it doesn't happen very very often so it's not like the tv it, it's not like the tv stop thinking that america's <laughs> the tv i've told y'all about that it's, it's not <laughs> Side note, the girl that um, I met the first time she said to me, she was, I was American. She goes, Oh my God, do you watch Suits and, and Scandal? And I was like, What? No. She's like, Oh my God, is America like that? I'm like, No, like not even close. So, nevertheless, we are coming down on our last couple of minutes of the show. I do want to thank Leanne for her um input on being indian here in america um, in america in in south africa you want you can be indian in america too today yeah no but then i'll need to shake my head and put on a heavy accent no you'll be fine you'll be fine (laughs) they'll love you trust me um, next week we will be back same time it'll probably still be hot as I'll get out here in South Africa I do want to send everyone back to the websites Instagram and Facebook just know that we spoke a little bit about a bunch of scientific terms today and just note that how we behave today and how we express our genes today can affect our kids in the long run we have a responsibility um, knowledge and power to change the system and how we respond to it so just keep that in mind and always think of ways that you can be positive so you can affect the generations that are coming after you thank you so much for tuning in and until next time educate yourself and have fun in the process
0: thank you for tuning in to everyday news with the blantons We hope you've enjoyed today's program and we'll tune in again next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a nice week.